in verse 16 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the next event on God's timetable, and how you view this event really determines how you see the rest of prophecy. And tonight we're going to just kind of walk through. There are many views concerning the rapture, and we're going to walk through this. This is a a, um, a basic timeline of history from over here, creation. I don't know if you can read it all, but creation, the fall of mankind, Israel is formed right here. And the law given, the fall of Israel. And here we have the birth of Christ, Christ's ascension. This is the church age. From the time of Christ's ascension to the Spirit is given. In the church age, Israel would be reborn. That happened in 1948. Israel was reborn. The next event, as we said is the rapture that is to take place there. After the rapture, there will be seven years of tribulation that we read about in Jeremiah and Daniel, and mostly we read about it in Revelations 6 through 18. At the end of the tribulation period, Christ will return, and he will set up his thousand-year reign in which he will fulfill promises that he made to Israel. This is when the lion will lay down with the lamb and uh, Christ will rule with the rod of iron. Satan will be released for a short time to deceive people because all those that are born during that thousand year reign will have an opportunity to choose whether they will be a follower of Christ or not. And even after a thousand years of living in paradise, many of them will choose to follow Satan. After that, there'll be the great white throne judgment and then all eternity. So that, that is a basic rough timeline. But what we're going to deal with tonight is the rapture of the church. And um, when does it take place? There are... Not, we're not going to deal with tonight, when is it going to happen? We're going to deal with, on this time frame, when do various people believe that it happens? <clears throat> there are the preterist, and preterist means past, that believe <clears throat> that all of prophecy <clears throat> is, um, it's back, okay? That all of prophecy, and maybe we'll just, they don't, re, maybe we'll just leave this here, because I'm just listing the various names, and you can get those. They believe that all of prophecy has happened, and happened, 
at 70 A.D. when Jerusalem fell. Now, in the preterist, there's some partial preterists, but um, basically they believe all of Revelation has been fulfilled. They believe Israel is no longer is no longer a part of God's program at all. They believe the church, believers in the church age, have replaced Israel. And um, they believe that um, there is no future Antichrist, that Nero in 70 A.D. It was the Antichrist. No future tribulation. Armageddon has already happened, and Satan is already bound. Um, if, if this is Satan bound, I'd hate to see what it's like when he wasn't, okay? R.C. Sproul is a moderate preterist, and he says, this is a quote of him, that a preterist approach places many or all of the prophetic events in the past, especially during the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. Moderate preterists believe that the destruction of Jerusalem fulfilled most of Revelation's visions. They believe that Jesus actually returned in A.D. 70 in a cloud coming, quote-unquote, cloud coming, to destroy Jerusalem through the Roman army, and that Nero was the beast of Revelation 13. He goes on and says, Preterists argue not only that the kingdom is a present reality, but also that a real historical event of Christ's coming has already occurred. Partial preterists believe that Jesus came at A.D. 70. That was a coming of Christ. But it was not the coming of Christ. For them, there will be another coming, and it will mark the end of history. For the A.D. 70, his coming was a judgment upon the Jews, and uh, their partial preterists believe that he will be coming again, um, the resurrection of the dead in the final judgment. There's, there's some problems with this. Number one, they're looking to A.D. 70. The overwhelming number of scholars date Revelation as being written in 95 A.D. So it would have been written after the destruction of Jerusalem. So it wouldn't have been prophecy at all. Um, another question that we have, I alluded to already, is is Satan bound today? Is this is this the kingdom? Is this the millennium? Why is there war? Um, are we to keep watching for the Lord's return? The the strict preterist would say it's already happened. Partial preterist would say, yeah, it 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 will be coming. Um should we observe the Lord's Supper? It says, this do as oft as ye do it in remembrance of me, and do it until I come again. So, if he's already come, then, then why would we do that? But a major problem is, um, 
how do you explain away Israel? How do you say that all the events of the seven years of tribulation have already taken place? Over one half the world's population will die. Um, there'll be a one world government. Um, and certainly we're not in the millennial kingdom now. And, um, and it's important for us to, to understand these things. There are many um, covenant theologians, Reformation theology, that believe that, that Israel does not exist. It, it is not a part of God's program. The church has taken its place. God will not need to fulfill the promises to Israel because they were unfaithful to him. So he broke that off. And we have been grafted in, and yet at the same time, um, throughout the Bible, God tells about him drawing Israel back. We're already seeing that. The, the Part of the seven-year tribulation period is to bring Israel to faith. Israel, overwhelmingly, is in unbelief today. But they are, God is bringing them back to the land. The Israel is reborn. He's bringing them back. The tribulation period will be used to show them that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And, and to bring them to salvation. So, that is one view. A second view is, um, a partial rapture. Those that hold this view believe that only spiritual believers who are watching and waiting for the Lord's return will be taken up to be with the Lord. So, this will not be all believers. They believe that only those who are watching and waiting for the Lord's return will be taken. Those that were not ready will go through the tribulation and it will be used to purify them, is what they believe. Well, a major problem with this is the basis for those participating in in the rapture is based on their own personal works not being a child of God. If they're ready and waiting, then... Um, and looking for his return, they'll go if they have trusted Christ, but, but they weren't ready and waiting. And when can, when can you really say that you're ready? You know what I'm saying? But a major problem with this one, and there's not a whole lot of people that believe this, but the major problem is that it bases participation in the rapture on, on the works in First Thessalonians, those that are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds, and so shall they ever be with the Lord. A third view is the post-tribulation rapture. They believe that the rapture would take place at the end of the seven-year period of tribulation, um, so that those of us living today will go through the, the seven years of tribulation. At the end of the tribulation, um, the Lord will come to remove the believers just before the second coming of Christ. So they would put the rapture over here right before the second coming of Christ and right 
before the battle of Armageddon. One of the problems with this view is that it, it ignores the fact that 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 tells us this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us that we are saved from the wrath to come. This period is a period in which God pours out his wrath upon the nations. And if the rapture does not take place until the end of the tribulation, many, all believers then, would go through the seven-year period of tribulation bearing the wrath of God. Now, let me, let me just stop and say, just because we believe the rapture takes place before the tribulation does not mean that we may not experience um, tribulation. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but it will be persecution that is stirred up by the hands of the forces of evil, and it will be trials and tribulations, and many today around the world are experiencing that. But that differs from the tribulation of this period, which originates with God. And it is God pouring out his wrath upon mankind. And we read in the Bible that when the rapture takes place during the tribulation period will be the judgment seat of Christ for believers, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then as believers we, we, we returned with Christ at this point. So... Um, Again, we'll get to this in a little bit, but that's why we believe the Bible teaches we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and then after that seven-year period, we'll come with Him to reign and rule with Him. But there are those that believe it takes place at the end of the tribulation. Then there is another group that believes that the rapture will take place mid-tribulation. In our study in prophecy, we'll, we'll study the tribulation. And there is a definite increase in the intensity and outpouring of God's wrath at the middle of the tribulation. After three and a half years, there is a definite increase. And those that believe in the mid-tribulation believe that at the middle point, believers are taken out. The last half of the tribulation is called the time of Jacob's trouble. And they believe we'll be taken out before that. And, um, and as a result, we avoid the worst of God's judgment in the last half of the tribulation. Um, one of the problems that I see with that it destroys the teaching of the imminent return of Christ, meaning that Christ could return at any time. It denies that blessed hope. I mean, if that is true, we're going to have to go through the first three and a half years of tribulation, and that time then is set. Um, the tribulation period starts at a definite time. And three and a half years then is when we would be taken out. And, and to say the, the judgments in the first half of the tribulation 
are not divine judgments um, really is a misnomer. They All the judgments of the tribulation are divine judgments, and we are saved from the wrath to come. There are, there are another idea is the pre-wrath rapture. Believers will go through a portion of the tribulation enduring, this is very similar to the mid-tribulation, but they don't put a, they don't put a point, a, a time period on it. They say part of the tribulation will be man's wrath and Satan's wrath, and then at a certain time, it becomes God's wrath. We will endure man's wrath and Satan's wrath, but we will be saved from, from God's wrath. One of the problems, again, same as the mid-tribulation, is that um, it destroys the blessed hope that we have of Christ's return. It, it makes his return not imminent. It has to take place in the tribulation period. And for that reason, those reasons, we believe that the Bible teaches a pre, pre-tribulation, happening before the tribulation, rapture in which we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Christ can return at any moment to take believers home to be with Him. Those who have, have died in Christ will be raised up to meet the Lord in the air. This as Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 says, we're looking forward to the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have that blessed hope. It provides comfort to believers. We read in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 18, he, he taught this principle to us, and then he said, wherefore comfort one another with these words. There, there's not a lot of comfort in knowing you're going to go through half the tribulation or three-fourths the tribulation and the world will be in chaos under the rule of Antichrist. You can't buy or sell without his mark and so on. Take To, to tell you that's what you'll go through and then to say, take comfort in that. That isn't very comforting to understand that. Um, understanding it this way the pre-trib, before the tribulation rapture, um, truly fits into a unified design of God's prophetic plan. Now, mid-tribulation rapture, pre-wrath rapture, um, I'm not going to argue with people a whole lot on those, although I most definitely believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. But for people that believe the rapture does not take place till the end of the tribulation, or that believe that everything has already taken place, that is a definite misuse of Scripture. Now, we understand, as you look at this, as, and as you look at the, at the world today and the news today, um, number one, the fact, it, this is unheard of, that this little country, Israel, 
would be scattered around the world and they still kept their own identity and as a result of World War II, they were made a nation in 1948 and now they are, they are the leading focal point of the entire world today. The, the driving force. How can you explain that away and say that Israel doesn't matter anymore and the church has taken its place? You can't do that. And uh, God has, we'll get into it in more details, but understanding um, when the rapture takes place on the time scale here ought to ought to manifest itself in our lives. If we really believe that, to believe that God could return at any time, we do need to be ready. We need to be not only ready, but we need to have an urgency. The time is short. And and honestly, can you imagine? Let's just say that tomorrow the Lord came again. That immediately begins seven years of tribulation. Think of it. People in your neighborhood, people that you work with, family members that you have, will immediately be thrust into that if they don't know Jesus Christ as Savior. And the point of, the point of God telling us this is not just so that we can sit back and say, oh, I can't wait for the Lord to come, that we understand I think it was this week, I, who, I think it was David Jeremiah, he said, I am going to heaven and I want to take as many people with me as I can. And that ought to be our attitude. That, okay, what can I do? And, and to think, um, there are many things that are, and we'll get into this as we study prophecy, there are many things that are going to happen here that we're already right over here seeing them come into place. Seeing things come into place. This whole, this whole deal with um, Russia, Syria, Iran, and Israel, right here in the early stages of this, the Bible tells us that Russia is going to march on Israel from the north with an alliance of nations, and we're just seeing this stuff. And to, to understand, to take comfort in it, and yet not a comfort that makes us just sit back, but to take comfort in it and to realize, wow, this is an exciting time. And as we sang, God gives strength. We can mount up with wings as eagles. And to be an influence through the joy that we talked about this morning that we have in our life by trusting Christ, by loving Him, by obeying Him, and resting in the fact that He will be our defender. It does not mean that we won't experience persecution. As we said, there's many believers around the world that are. And it does not mean that God is going to save America or anything like that. So 
That's just an overview. That's why we say we believe in the pre-tribulation rapture. Sometimes these terms, it's not important you remember all these terms. It would be good if you could kind of get down this chart in your mind so that you could um, um, understand and explain to others some of the things that are going on.